Cookies. You're what up, what up, what up? I know I was gone, but I'm back. Welcome to Fresh Cookies, everyone. I'm your host, Neri Rodriguez. I haven't been serving y'all for the past couple weeks, so I apologize. It's no excuse, but hopefully you can take me back for the deadbeat I am. So to make a long story short, for those of you who don't know, I'm a high school sports reporter in New Jersey. And after it looked like we weren't going to get any spring sports, baseball coaches from around the state got together and hosted this tournament called The Last Dance. Over 200 teams entered, and it was crazy. It was, it was a really good time. So I was essentially just filming and editing two games a day for three weeks straight, while also working on the show to try to push it in a different direction because I have such a good connection with the high school football community in New Jersey but with this virus messing everything up, we might not even get a high school football season in the fall. And I was putting stuff in place, basically, that has no real foundation. On my end, I'm trying to organize to get coaches and players on the show for the upcoming season. And the state doesn't even know if they're going to let the kids play. So I was doing baseball, also trying to work in this high school football angle. But it's still no excuse. I'm back. So hopefully we can move forward. I know a lot of states have already pushed to move their fall sports season to the spring. It looks like New Jersey might do the same, but for right now, they are anticipating starting on October 14th. And football just started practicing like last week, so I, I was out there at a couple training camps. Hot, a little weird with all the social distancing at practice, but it's football, baby. You can't stop the train. Going back to that last dance baseball tournament, like I said, you know, we we got to go to a couple minor league ballparks. It was great to see the kids underneath the lights. Had over 200 teams participate. And I'm talking the big Catholic powerhouses, uh, Del Barton. They sent a couple kids D1 last year. And not to mention, their shortstop got drafted by the New York Yankees. So they know what they're doing over there. And what was really cool about the conclusion of this tournament was it was a tiny public school that wound up winning it all. And they had a lot of underclassmen, not even a lot of seniors playing. The whole point of doing this tournament was mostly for the seniors. So it was just interesting to see a public school team take the whole thing. And I got to see some of my photography homies, fellow reporters. So it was almost, it was almost like a little media summer block party, if you will. So it, it was a really good time. Now, I know I've missed some NFL storylines the last month. Our last episode, we talked about Cam. And so far, what I've seen from Cam, definitely one of the, if not, I think he's the most interesting quarterback heading into camp. Just has a lot of hype around him. Really good redemption story. You want to see him do good if you're not a hater. And just seeing where his head's at, you know, with his Instagram posts and his YouTube channel. And, you know, I saw a roundtable with him, Odell. Todd Gurley and Victor Cruz shout out to Victor Cruz doing a phenomenal job that's Patterson New Jersey right there that whole discussion was insane and you should go check it out if you haven't on Odell Beckham Jr.'s YouTube channel very well produced I love the conversation I, I was already a Todd Gurley fan but just seeing his whole stance and how he handled leaving LA to go to Atlanta he's a dog and that's going to be an interesting backfield to see with him and Devontae Freedom, not to mention Julio Jones. And we'll see if Matty Ice can get it together. He's hit or miss in a season, so 
be nice to see the MVP get back on the horse. Man, I'm watching TV right now. Jerry Jones looks like shit. I hope he's all right. But yeah, the round table was awesome. You had Jamal Adams making a big stink trying to get away from the Jets. I don't blame him. Like I said before, high school training camp started, so the NFL got the ball rolling. We had a couple opt-outs. And this is really interesting because we haven't seen no situation like this before. And at first, I was kind of mad. I'm like, if you're able to play, play. You know, barring if you're not injured or, or sick, something like that. But I also get where people are coming from, too. And if you got job security, fuck. Might as well take it. Those players opting out, no shame. I think the ones who are going to be staying are those people who are in contract years. Also, you know, just low-ranking players trying to make a name for themselves. So it's going to work out for everyone. Now, something that came after that roundtable on OBJ's YouTube channel was his stance on it on players opting out and he already said he's gonna play and I'm sure you've heard it on other programs before Stephen A did a great segment on it on first take but he's talking a little shit you know he's kind of bashing the NFL a little bit and I get it the NFL has sort of a plan in place but they kind of don't if you look at the model that basketball has taken with the bubble they're a little more organized football. They got to figure out how to contain this. Like, I feel I get where the players are coming from in terms of the freedom, but it's like, bro, with the safety and everything we know and don't know right now, if you want to play, there's going to have to be sacrifice. And I get, you know, they sacrifice a lot. The fuck? They're some of the best athletes in the entire world, not even the country. Like, first of all, you got to keep yourself safe. And, you know, what, whatever order you want to put it in, you got to keep your teammates safe and your family safe. So I get they want to go back to normalcy and enjoy their lives to the fullest. But it's it's a situation that almost everybody across the globe is going through. I know countries have gotten better. And they've lifted a lot of stuff. I know, and you know, they're saying the US, we haven't even seen the worst of this, which is insane to think about, considering summer's almost over and didn't even feel like summer. Couldn't really do a lot. I mean, I still went to the beach and stuff, but just had a weird little black cloud over everything. The point I'm trying to make is I don't know how the NFL is going to do it. But they definitely need to create some type of bubble, whether it be within their own facility, they do a joint thing with a couple different teams with no family members or bring your family in, but they can't leave. This got to get resolved, though. The, the season's not that far away. We have plenty of time to kick in the shields back, but for now... Let's jump to Hard Knocks. That's why we're here. Yeah, Hard Knocks is back. And the first episode was the bomb. The bomb. About to bring that shit back. But yeah, I've never been happier for a season of Hard Knocks. Like, college football took the hit. We already know we're not getting any NFL preseason. So this is it, people. Strap in. Or strap up. Don't get laced up. 
I love the concept for this year. Two teams, both in L.A. The Rams were on, what was it, two seasons ago? Uh, Yeah, the Raiders were last year. First episode was great. And let me start off by saying the NFL facility staff is incredible on the experience I had dealing with, like I said, that tournament and just going through high school training camps now for football. The staff, all the staffs, incredible job. All the medical people, all the sanitation people, organizers, coaches, everyone really just trying to move past this pandemic. And I think everybody involved in trying to make sports happen is doing a great job. Obviously, it's not ideal. It's out of their power. I'm sure if it was up to them, shit will be rolling hunky-dory, but it's not. Just want to show some appreciation for them. So yeah, facility staff, great. Love the two head coaches. I was already a fan, but Anthony Lynn, such a great vibe to him. Uh, And he had one of the best lines in the entire show. And it was only fitting that it was at the very beginning before the credits even rolled. Said, one team will do this better than the other 31. And it might as well be us. How do you not break your neck for a guy like that? His story, you know, survived. He got hit by a fucking car. (laughs) Flew 50 feet in the air, whatever it was. Still survived. That was a crazy story. Love his approach to the game. Getting to see him grilling with his wife. Also great personality off the field. And hopefully, you know, he got some longevity in the NFL. Want to see him do good. As for Sean McVay, the young pup, I also think he has a great attitude. Just some of the criticism I've always felt with him, you know. Probably got the helm a little early. Some older coaches, specifically African-American coaches that probably should have been considered before him. But it's a job. Not a popularity contest. With the Rooney rule, I know there's black coaches in the league. It's just you can't ignore the fact that the playing field's not even. So I don't know if it'll get fixed this season, but hopefully in the near future, you know, we get a better hold on that. And I don't care what you look like. You produce good football. You're doing me a service, so you already have a place in my heart. I love you, and I don't even know you. Not to take anything away from McVay, though. Made it to a Super Bowl. Love his game planning, love how he takes care of his team, and he's a guy you, you want to root for, you know? He's the future of the NFL, hopefully. He was chilling on the show. His, his crib was nice. I'm talking high roller status. That, that, that view overlooking the sunset? Come on. And his beautiful fiance chilling with some rosé, him and the lady, and he had the pit. That's a lucky man. So getting away from his supermodel spouse to be, it was real. This episode was interesting because one, there was no contact and we know there was no preseason games going into this season, but watching the show. And I, I kind of thought about this before the episode even aired. Like, how do you make cuts? Obviously it's performance based, but if you watch hard knocks in the past, those games are the biggest part of the show. There's people who you thought were going to get cut but didn't because they ran back like a punt returner or they they made a big play on special teams. So the fact that we don't have that element, I feel like some people are going to get shortchanged and there's not a lot you could do about it. Definitely going to be some good players on the chopping block, though. I mean, the NFL free agency pool is going to be, I think, 
maybe the best it's ever been in this season because of that. You're going to get a lot of guys who are misjudged just on practice play, not even what they're doing in the game. And the cuts are always the worst part about hard knocks. Like, I love the competition, the in-depth coverage, you know, all that stuff, the the mic'd up stuff. But I'd be lying if if I didn't tell you I felt bad for every player that's got cut on this show. The fuck? You don't want to see nobody fail. I like to rag on people, but not at a malicious intent or spite. So, yeah, the no preseason games thing is, is going to be really interesting for this season. It was crazy to see the protocol the players had to go through, though, with all the testing before they even entered the facility and then everything being wiped down after they used it. Once again, shout out to the facility staffs, just making sure everything running clean, literally. And the best reaction to the COVID testing was Casey Hayward Jr. from the Chargers just wanted no parts of that nose swab. And I I get it, man. I, I got the test before. It is scary, but it's just interesting to see these 300 pound men freaking the fuck out over a Q-tip. But I get where they're coming from. That shit break off. That's your whole life. I don't care what nobody says. That's like one of my biggest fears. Spiders and then a Q-tip breaking off in your ear and nose. And then the highlight, the highlight of the first episode was Deontay Dion stole the show. The Rams defensive back earning a spot on the active roster last year. He was a practice squad guy in the past, but just mad funny. Said his locker room was in the projects. And, the, you know, the, I guess the, the superstars of the team, their locker room was sick. And Dion had a great exchange with Jalen Ramsey. And let me just say, Jalen Ramsey, I've had a love-hate relationship in the past. He's a seminal. Shout out to Florida State. So I got a root. But I didn't always agree, you know, with his mantras and his mindset. But it's also hard to put yourself in someone's shoes that you don't really know. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was in Jacksonville, wanted out, rightfully so. His team got to the playoffs, but they, they I don't know, Jacksonville needs to kind of revamp their whole coaching staff a little bit. I just, I don't think that they're, I don't feel like their mindset is really there, you know? They, they just don't have what they did in the past, and they're just kind of stuck in a rut, I feel like. They didn't really, you know, you have Gardner Minshew come in last year, and that was fun for the team. But other than that, everybody looked miserable. So I can understand Ramsey's frustration there. He's on a new team. His body language looks better. His attitude, I think, is better. Even though he walked out of that interview, decided to come back. I feel like the old Ramsey wouldn't have done that. And he composed himself. He actually gave a good answer. I get it. They were pressing him on does he want a new deal before the season starts. And he's just trying to give the right answer. He said, my my agent and the front office will get that taken care of. But, you know, shout out to him coming back. That's definitely some growth. So I'm excited to see what Ramsey's going to do. He, you know, for me, definitely a defensive MVP candidate coming into the year. Speaking of contracts, uh, one of another great part of the first episode was Joey Bosa signing his contract. And Bosa, you know, When you see great players in college, you never know if they're going to transition to the NFL. And both him and his brother, I was fortunate enough to see his brother play at Ohio State versus Michigan in his senior year. And they don't disappoint. Like, 
I hope by the end of their career we can see them both on the same team. That would just that that would be insane. I don't I think by that point though, there is not gonna be a team that can afford both of them. And to see Bosa get, you know, to see Joey Bosa get emotional signing his contract, and then he's talking about, you know, the day he got drafted and how special of a moment that was for his family. And you know, you get it. Everybody everybody has a similar story, you know, with that. Uh just the way he explained it with his dad being right there and when he got the phone call, it was just it was a good family moment, damn it. And then the homie Justin Herbert looks great. I wish the Patriots could have took him. I mean, I'm grateful for Cam right now. Just draft time, I was fucking hot with what the Pats were doing. But Justin Herbert looks great. I also like Tyrod Taylor. I'm a huge Tyrod Taylor supporter. I'm just, I'm excited to see this kid and see what he can do. See what the old Oregon Duck can do. Quack, quack, quack. Another highlight from the first episode, uh, Andrew Volert, tight end being cut was probably one of the greatest reactions I've ever seen to somebody getting fired. And at first I was just kind of like, wow, this guy's, you know, he's kind of a dickhead. But then I saw where he was coming from. And, you know, and even Anthony Lynn took notice and he was like, I kind of like that. So shout out to Voler. You know, I hope he gets picked up somewhere else. I, he had an ACL tear last year. Didn't really get to play. And now he got waived. So, um, hell, somebody gonna love that competitive nature. So hope he finds work. I think it's going to be a good season of hard knocks. Um, I, I like the two team concept with that being said, uh, I, I am favoring the chargers more than the Rams. And I'm putting that on a strictly sexy scale. You know, the the Rams have the experience. I just, I don't, they just don't, besides Ramsey, and, you know, let me, let me give some credit to Aaron Darnold, too, because um, one of the baddest defensive players in the whole game right now. Other than, other than those two, though, I mean, I always given Jared Goff, you know, the benefit of the doubt in the past, but the Rams got... I don't know. No cooks either. Like they just, I don't know. They're, I feel like they're just kind of going through the motions and the chargers just have so much more appeal around them. Like I said, the head coach is captivating. You re- you really think you like you not that you think, you know, his players are bought into what he's saying. Like there's no BS where they're trying to one up the coach or whatever. They're truly bought in to every word that he's saying. Their players are interesting. Like I said, Melvin Gordon. I had, you know what? I haven't even touched on Gordon the entire episode, but he he's gonna be a problem. And like I said, Justin Herbert, uh, Keenan Allen, Joey Bosa, and I'm probably forgetting a couple other people. But just you know, Chargers have really come a long way the last couple years, and you know they're getting the new stadium, new location. Uh, you know, my heart goes out to the people of San Diego. You got surf, but uh, now you just kind of have the Padres. It's all right. But that, you know, I think it, I think it's a good time to be a Chargers fan. Segwaying, since we're speaking about fans, I think the NFL is also going to have fans straight up the first week. And if not the first week, you know, very early on, I think the NFL is just going to get the ball rolling and being like, yeah, no, fuck that. We're playing with fans like. We ain't doing no virtual shit. Like, nah, we here to get this shit. But it was fun breaking down the first episode of Hard Knocks. You know, be sure to catch our weekly recap 
Look forward to bringing you that as the season approaches. And also, we have a Last Chance You episode coming because Last Chance You once again outdid themselves. And this might be my favorite season. Every year I see the show, I'm always like, oh, this is my favorite season. But they really have outdone themselves. I love the Laney season. Coach Beam, the godfather of Oakland, truly deserves that name. That is one of the baddest men. I haven't even met him. I can't even say that I've ever met in my life. But just his aura, everything is methodical. And, you know, his approach to the game and what he's doing for these kids, just trying to make it to the next level or just keep playing football is you can't you can't ask for a better person to be in that position. So we got a last chance you episode coming your way. And like I said, we going to keep this fun shit coming till the NFL season starts. I know I was gone. I'm sorry. But if you take me back, I promise I won't hurt you again. All right, y'all take care. Stay tuned for more content. Be sure to follow us on social media on Instagram. It's at fresh cookies show on Twitter. It's at fresh cookies pod. Like us on Facebook. And I'll see you back here soon. I'm Mary Rodriguez, and you already know, it's Fresh Cookies. Cookies.